This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. Metron Garage is a company designing unique garages, condos, and other structures specifically for the auto enthusiasts. They've got eight models to choose from, including two-story options, which I think is super cool, while with a very modern look and feel to them. And they come in all sizes, and they're fully customizable. You can check out them today and start specking your own ultimate garage at metrongarage.com, where you can request a catalog or talk to someone to learn more. So be sure to check it out. I just want to give a quick thanks to Euro Classics for sponsoring this episode. Euro Classics is all about collector cars, from servicing your new BMW M5 to prepping your Porsche for the racetrack to executing a total restoration on your favorite classic. They do it all from routine maintenance to performance upgrades to appraisals and everything in between. You can learn more about its owner, Dale Oaks, by listening to episode number 65 of this podcast. And you can find Euro Classics in the Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana service area and online at euroclassics.com. Classics, C-L-A-S-S-I-X dot com. Okay, so now let's get to the 25 greatest cars ever. Now, this is from two different sources, which I picked on purpose because I believe one, Edmonds, skews towards the older crowd, while the second one, Drive Tribe, skews towards the younger crowd. So it will be really interesting to see how different each one of these are for their top 25 cars of greatest cars of all time. Edmunds, number 25, the 1957 Fiat 500. Even before the Mini, Fiat's diminutive rear-engine 500 was winning races and proving a small car could be a performance car. The Abarth tuning firm made it a legend. Number 25 from Drive Tribe is the AC Cobra 427 competition car. It was bound to be here, the car that dethroned Ferrari at Le Mans before Ford made it cool. The Cobra was an American muscle car, But short and angry, a topless two-seater with as much subtlety as a sledgehammer and costs as much now as a diamond sledgehammer. (laughs) All right, Edmunds, number 24, is the 1949 Ford, a true post-war design. The 1949 Ford used a dramatically lower envelope body without running boards or fenders distinctly separate from the hood sweep every other car would follow. Never heard that about a 1949 Ford. All right, number 24 for Drive Tribe is the Porsche 911, specifically the 997.2 GT3 RS 3.8 liter car. The ultimate in 911 technology, the Porsche 911 has gotten so dry recently, this is the last truly fantastic one. It's not just a manual gearbox, the scintillating 3.8 liter H6, not even the awesome livery and looks. It's just it. This car is it. The peak a 911 can be. It's truly impeccable. So I'm not quite sure when this article was released, but I don't think the 2020 Porsche 911 was out. All right, number 23 for Edmunds is a 1969 Porsche 917. Porsche built 25 917s for homologation in 1969. It won Le Mans in 1970 and 71, only losing when the rules changed. 
The 917 still holds the Lamar fastest lap record. I did not know that. All right, this is interesting. For Drive Tribe, number 23, it's a Ferrari 250 GTO. Okay, the third prettiest car ever. The gorgeous inlets and curves of the best 250 ever are the stuff of dreams. For a 60s car, it handles an absolute treat, and the Wailing V12 sets your pants on fire. Or maybe that's the fuel tank on fire. Just check that. All right, number 22 for Edmonds is a 1989 Nissan Skyline GTR. We talked about this a few months ago. It was never officially exported to the United States, but the R32 was the first GTR with all-wheel drive and the 2.6-liter Turbo 6. Its legend couldn't be confined to Japan. Number 22 for Drive Tribe is the 4GT, specifically the 2005 version, only made in 2005 and 2006. The final 4GT is here, and it's amazing. Obviously, being so far up here, this one was done right. The supercharged V8 is a wine to behold, especially when it started. Sometimes the immobilizer went a bit wonky. Oh, well, still golden, but not the best American car. Oh, no. All right, number 21 for Edmonds is the 1987 Porsche 959-959 all-wheel drive twin-turbo power plant, six-speed manual transmission, composite body panels, water-cooled heads, the 959 was Porsche's look into the near future. That's where we are today. All right, number 21 for Drive Tribe is the American car they just referenced, the Dodge Viper SRT10 ACR. Dodge Viper, the most unadulterated car of all time, the Dodge Viper ACR. The most calmed down car of all time. That doesn't make sense. Granted, it could kill you, but you'd be hard-pressed to take it off the road with a wing the size of the Great Wall of China. <laughs> All right, number 20 for Edmonds, the 1987 Buick Grand National and GNX with the 3.8-liter turbo V6s, the all-black Buicks ruled the streets in the 1980s. They were also the first and only American muscle car powered by something other than a big V8. I actually think that was the fastest American car made in the mid-1980s. All right, number 20 for Drive Tribe is the Lamborghini Gallardo LP550-2 Valentino Balboni. If you were to have a car to commemorate someone's retirement, maybe you'd have a small plaque saying how cool they were. Nope, make the coolest Gallardo of all time instead. Ditch the all-wheel drive. Did the big wings leave it? Oh, maybe put a cool-as-hell stripe on it, too. <laughs> Balboni was the legendary Lamborghini test driver. All right, number 19 for Edmonds. It's the 1973 Pontiac Trans Am Super Duty. Truly the last muscle car of the classic era. When every other manufacturer was wimping out, Pontiac added the 310 horsepower 455 Super Duty V8 to the Trans Am. Number 19 for Drive Tribe is the BMW 1 Series M Coupe. M Coupe. Okay, clearly you finally lost it after riding for a solid six hours trying to make funny car introductions for a list that not a lot of people will read. Hopefully they'll listen to it. Maybe I have, but my car choice is still spot on. The best BMW is a BMW 1 Series with a twin-turbo Z4 engine in it. Who knew it could be one of the most fun drives in your life? All right, number 18 for Edmonds is the 1967 Chevrolet Camaro. GM's belated response to the Mustang became instantly popular with racers, hot riders, and virtually everyone else. Maybe the most raced American car ever. I don't know if I would buy into that. All right, number 18 for Drive Tribe is the Bugatti EB110 Supersport. Before the Veyron, there was this. Before this, there were a bunch of other fat saloon cars. In the golden years, 
there was a great challenge to be the fastest car. You're looking at third place right here. It was a fabulous machine, frankly. So much so, Michael Schumacher got one. You can see these two lists are almost exact opposites. We don't have one car that has made it onto both lists yet, but I think we will here shortly. All right, number 17 for Edmonds is the 1964 Pontiac GTO. Edmonds has the Pontiac GTO before it has the Ferrari GTO. It was just a Le Mans with a big 389 V8 under its hood, some fancy redecoration on its flanks, and a name stolen from Ferrari. It was the first of the muscle cars. Technically, it was the Delta 88, but we'll let that slide. All right, number 17 for Drive Tribe is the Porsche 959S. So this is our first duplicate. Uh, Edmonds had the 959, and now Drive Tribe has the S version. The most technologically advanced car arrived in 1987 in the shape of the Porsche 959. Most cars followed the same idea, lightweight, no creature comforts, massive turbo. The sensational 959 tweaked the first two, but of course the massive turbo was doubled. <laughs> All right, number 16 for Edmonds is the 1963 Corvette Stingray, the split window. Everyone knows it. It's the pinnacle of Corvette styling and one of the greatest sports cars ever. Also the first Corvette with an all-independent suspension. For Drive Tribe, number 16 is the Ferrari 458 Italia. Again, another new car. Not much beats the experience of a Ferrari than the 458. They hit the nail on so many heads that their hammer broke and had to get a new one. The glue setting on fire was a nail they certainly missed, though. So I guess the glue that held the plastic panels together maybe caught on fire? I'm not sure about that. All right, number 15, the 1964 Ford Mustang for Edmonds. Under the skin, it was just a Falcon, but the original pony car was a sensation. It invented the automotive youth market and made Leah Iacocca an icon. Number 15 for Drive Tribe is the Ariel Adam V8 500. Wow, the 9 V8 is a beast, and this is the V8. The art of tearing your own face off was invented by a 300-horsepower Ariel Adam. Try adding 200 to that number and watch your face turn to ash. And then your entire body crumble when you take it around a corner due to sheer G's. Number 14 for Edmonds is the 1949 Oldsmobile 88, which I think, which is pretty much the first American muscle car. The new high compression overhead valve 303 cubic inch rocket V8 made up to 165 horsepower when the best Ford only made 100 the 88 was prototype for the next 25 years of American performance. All right, for Drive Tribe, number 14 is the McLaren MP4-12C, one of the worst names ever. Ferrari might have hit every nail on the head with the 458, but did they tighten every screw too? Here we have the MP4-12C, lovingly remembered as a fax machine. However, it was about as clever as the Japan Rail Network, but sadly as reliable as England's. Little niggles to such a spectacular machine. All right, number 13 for Edmonds is the 1938 Bugatti Type 57S Atlantique. Still one of the most beautiful cars ever built and one of the most advanced for its time. It was the car as pure art, the essential automotive aesthetic. For Drive Tribe, it's the Noble M600. All right, flag on the play. We got a Noble in the top 10 for the greatest cars of all time. I don't buy that. All right, the company famous for approximate, approximately nothing in 2010, decided to strap a Volvo XC90 to a hypercar. To alarming results, 220 miles per hour for a car from Letchester makes as much sense as an American doing the 100 meter in 10 seconds. No driver aids included. 
made a car about as mental as a psychopath with a grenade launcher. I don't know that it qualifies as making it one of the best, one of the greatest cars ever. All right, number 12 is a ninth for Edmonds. It's the 1908 Cadillac, the first car with truly interchangeable parts. It was declared the standard of the world for the quality of its components. Without this precision, there are no cars today. For Drive Tribe, number 12 is the Pagani Huayra. The Pagani is famous for sounding like a car being punched in the stomach. However, the little-known fact that accelerates like a punch in the stomach is rather profound. That's a weird statement. All right, number 11 for Edmonds is the 1966 Lamborghini Mura, considered the first supercar. All right, here it says the first hypercar. With its transverse V12 and stunning coachwork, it is the best-looking and best-performing car of its era. Lamborghini has been trying to build an appropriate Encore ever since. <laughs> All right, number 11 for Drive Tribe is the Koenigsegg CCXR edition. It didn't feel right when this was made that the Swedes were making hypercars. It was like Greece being a wealthy country. But the CCXR is the real deal. The 1,000-horsepower twin-supercharged Scandinavian had as much force as the sun and as much silence as an earthquake. And everything was like an explosion. Rational Swedes, more like drunk. <laughs> All right, number 10 for Edmonds, the 1968 BMW 2002. This is the first modern sports sedan. Despite having just two doors and a two-liter four-cylinder engine, the 2002 would revolutionize what owners expect of their sedans, actual driving pleasure. And for Drive Tribe, number 10 is the Lamborghini Murcielago LP670-4SV. The ultimate in the Lamborghini stable. The best of the angriest bulls in the, the world has ever made. You can complain it's autified, but it's just right. I don't know what that means. The Italians do the engine styling in brochure. The Germans do the boring, reliable bits. Or alternatively, the pretending of the reliable bits with a hint of emission scandal. Okay. Number nine for Edmonds, the 1908 Ford Model T. It was the first car most people could afford, and it was the first car around for which an, an industry was built to improve it. The aftermarket was invented around the Model T with everything from paint to speed parts. For Drive Tribe, it's the Bugatti EB 16.4 Veyron Supersport. We all saw the slowest moving human, James May, in 2010 take this machine to its peak speed almost. People were astonished by the speed of what they saw. That car immediately became more of a pinup than when it was unveiled in 2006, and people still love it today. And from what I've seen, the Chiron hasn't captured it. The Chiron is a prettier car, though. I will say that. All right, number eight is the 1928 Duesenberg Model J for Edmonds, with his massive straight eight making 265 horsepower, supercharged SJ models made 320, and beautiful bodies from various coach builders. This was the first supercar the car other cars aspire to be. All right, for Drive Tribe, it's the Lexus LFA, the ultimate in the 2010 supercar battle. Slower than its rivals, more expensive, terrible and pointless on paper, and then you turn the key, and then you set off, and then you smile that you mortgage your house to afford the LFA. <laughs> it does have an amazing V10 from what I hear. All right, number seven from Edmunds. Our second repeat car, the 1962 Ferrari 250 GTO, three-time world GT champion, utterly gorgeous, and only 39 were built. Yes, the original GTO is the greatest Ferrari of them all. No wonder Pontiac stole the name. <laughs> I 
All right, from Drive Tribe, number seven is to Pagani Zonda Sinke. If the Lexus won the supercar battle, the Zonda Sinke won the hypercar battle. From small beginnings in 1999 to the company that took on Italy and won, the Sinke was their greatest achievement. It was hard to see where they could improve. Well, clearly they couldn't. There's six cars left. I don't know what that is referencing. All right, number six for Edmonds. It's a 1955 Mercedes-Benz 300SL Gullwing, engineered around a tubular frame covered with steel and aluminum and a direct injection straight six. It's the greatest Mercedes ever and the greatest sports car of the 1950s. For Drive Tribe, number six is a Honda NSX-R from 1992. Okay, definitely lost it. Seven. All right, uh, blah, blah, blah. No car has been more underrated than the NSX. Such perfection only happens once for a manufacturer. All right, we're down to our top five for Edmonds. It's the 1964 Porsche 911. The everyday sports car, a motorsports legend. It's timeless silhouette, still the benchmark, the greatest Porsche of all time. For Drive Tribe, the Jaguar XJ220. The Jaguar XJ220 is a car gone extremely wrong, gone extremely right. People wrote it off after Jaguar broke every promise they made, especially when they only had a Jaguar XJ212 because it never went 220 miles an hour. Actually, I think top speed was 217 miles an hour, so they actually had an XJ217. But it did not matter in the slightest. The V6 was perfect. The body was. Everything was. Those are starting to appreciate pretty strong right now. All right, number four for Edmonds is the 1938 Volkswagen Beetle. Produced around the world for 65 years, the air-cooled original Beetle was the first car for generations of drivers. May be the most beloved car ever. Drive Tribe, I'm going to guess they have another supercar. They have the night. They have the Roof CTR Yellowbird. Yep. Few of any cars get such recognition that their nickname becomes more famous than the actual name. The Yellowbird is what Porsche wished a 911 was. It was legendary. All right, number three for Edmonds, the 1955 Chevrolet. Packing the new 365 cubic inch small block V8 and looking like an upright Ferrari, the 1955 Chevrolet was a stunner in every way, the greatest Chevy ever. All right, Drive Try for number three has the Porsche Carrera GT. Well, maybe Roof beat them at the 911, but they wouldn't beat them as the better company of the two. Something to do with putting the best-sounding engine in a gorgeous body and then saying yes. For Edmunds, number two is the 1959 Aust Mini. This was a little runabout with a transverse engine and front-wheel drive. Fifty years later, we realized that it is the blueprint for virtually all mainstream modern cars. All right, Drive Tribe number two is a Ferrari F40. The car with string for door pulls is the second greatest car of all time. Why? You know why. Look, listen, feel. If you don't like a turbo spooling you spooling into your heart and the experience staying on you like super glue then maybe you have to go for number one all right and number one for Edmonds is the 1932 ford v8 the first performance car a working man could afford with looks swiped straight from duesenberg this car has defined american automotive culture for nearly 80 years and number one for drive tribe is the mclaren f1 what do I tell you? It's perfection. It is the embodiment of perfection. The greatest car of all time and forever will be. Nothing past, present, or future will best it. From start to finish of the list, the McLaren was the best. Here it is at the end. So what do you think? Those are two very different and diverse lists for the quote-unquote greatest cars of all time. It seems like Edmunds probably picked 
more, I would say, almost like iconic uh, because I don't think the 1964 Porsche 911 is the best Porsche of all time by any stretch. Uh, I think A911 is one of the best of all time. Uh, they also never mentioned a McLaren F1, which is kind of shocking that that wasn't in their top 25 list. Uh, it seems almost like benchmark cars more than greatest cars. I would say the same with the 1938 Volkswagen Beetle. I guarantee you that thing was a handful to drive, and a lot of improvements were made over the 80, over the next 40, 50 years. Uh, and then Drive Tribe, it must be a very young author, as so many, almost all of them, were supercars, pretty much from the mid-1980s on. So uh, I don't know that they had much experience with stuff prior to 1982. Uh, I would agree with them as the McLaren F1. is probably the greatest car of all time. Not the prettiest car of all time, but just absolutely insane. So if I get around to it one day, I will craft my own list of the top 25 cars of all time and share that with you now. Stay tuned, because in a few months we'll probably have the 50 worst cars of all time, which is kind of the opposite of this list, and pretty interesting as well. So as always, thanks for listening, thanks for joining me, and I will talk to all of you next week. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.